The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Hello everyone and welcome to Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. Now today we're going to delve into a genomic life science company, EZZ Life Sciences. Now the company is fairly newly listed, March of 2021, ASX code EZZ, that's an easy one to remember, a market cap of around about $6.5 million at the time of recording. Now Glenn Cross is their new chair and non-executive director and joins us now live on this podcast. Glenn, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Ariel. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it for a couple of days. Excellent. Good to hear. So have I. Now, Glenn, tell us a little bit about you. How did you come to join EZZ? Because I've had a look at your background. You've come from running Oz Biotech. You've done numerous other roles in the health sciences space. How did you end up with EZZ? Yeah, thanks, Ariel. I semi-retired when I left uh, Oz Biotech as um, CEO, and I had an interest in joining some boards of um, of life science companies. I've spent my entire working life in the sector and I have a, a strong belief in the capability uh, of the local uh, industry. Uh, it's globally competitive across a whole range of different sectors. And um, I joined, um, I've joined a couple of, um, a medium-sized um, medical device company as a non-exec director. I joined a small biotech and I also have spent a bit of time in the investment community. I sit on the board of a uh, managed investment scheme um, biotech fund and I've also um, had a lot to do with a small um, early stage venture capital limited uh, fund. I have followed EZZ for a a couple of years even prior to them listing. I know some of the um, key people associated with the company in Sydney and I'd um, been following them for some time. And then when they listed, I was um, just following them with interest. And when they made the decision to pivot um, into um, genomics, they rang me up and asked if I'd be interested in talking to them. So I had a number of interviews with senior executive, executives and the, and the founders and was really impressed with what they're trying to do. Um, They're certainly going to grow the business substantially in Australia uh, and New Zealand, which is their core base, but they're growing the business um, in China, um, Southeast Asia, and they do have, we do have plans, I should say we now, we do have plans to to grow the business um, globally, and that's going to be a huge benefit um, to Australia. The manufacturing and most of the capability is, is still held in Australia and it's just a great opportunity to look at expanding a small cap business and growing it into a much larger global business. You, you just mentioned that um, your, your manufacturing is, is in Australia, um, Glenn. I'm just picking up the way you phrase that, is 
Is that going to change as you move internationally and offshore? There's no plan at this stage. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so manufacturing at this stage will, will remain in Australia. Okay, that's that's good news for all the Australians out there. Um, now, your main business, Glenn, um, with EZZ is selling health supplements and beauty products. You had a rocking year last year. In fact, you increased revenue by close to 30%. Now, I, we'll talk about your, your, your pivot in a moment, but talk to us first of all about health supplements and beauty and, and how that's going for you and how you expect that to go over the next 12 months? Well, we, we, we will continue to grow both, um, both businesses, Oriel, both, or both product ranges, both the uh, beauty products and the um, uh, nutritional supplements. We've introduced already in the last month uh, several new products under the EZZ brand um, in the nutrition lines. And there is an intent to um, uh, to grow the uh, beauty products as well. We're expanding our um, our number of distribution points. Uh, at the moment, the bulk of the business is still Australia and New Zealand, but we're increasing the the distribution uh, points there. And we um, have a uh, an e-commerce business in China that's growing, and we will be announcing some pretty exciting things shortly in terms of growing the distribution points um, for those for the pro- those two product ranges in China and other, well, basically Southeast Asian countries. So how much of an impact has COVID had on your business? Because, I mean, we've been spent the last, you know, sort of 12 to 18 months talking to a number of businesses which have done well because of COVID, because of things moving online and, of course, the, the, the amount of innovation that's coming out of every sector in Australia. But the downside to COVID, um, aside from the health issues that people are feeling, is the supply chain issues and, and so forth. How much has that had an impact on your business? Well, certainly... Um... Our, our current sales have been um, impacted. Uh, COVID certainly uh, impacted both product ranges uh, in sales in the last six months. But at this stage, the supply chain um, issues haven't really hit us that hard. So let's talk about your pivot um, now. I did mention it earlier, but it's, it is a substantial one. You're pivoting into the life sciences area specifically into genomics. So can you explain to our listeners today, Glenn, what genomics or genomics, I suppose, depending on where you are in the world as to how you pronounce it, what it actually is? Well, basically, um, uh, genomics is the study of the human genome, which is uh, each of us have um, millions of uh, genes. Most of them are the same, but there are um, there are times when our um, genes uh, malfunction, if you like, or aren't aren't as correct as others, and this leads to uh, to issues, uh, health issues. Um, and, you know, some of them can be very severe, uh, and others can be um, just make just make you predisposed to certain um, conditions, whether it be um, in the gut, in the heart, or um, predisposed to uh, to cancers. Now, we've been mapping the human genome for a number of years, and the costs of of doing this has been coming down substantially and it's now at a stage where we can map your genome reasonably inexpensively and we can tailor um, health solutions to you individually. And that's basically the the real exciting bit about genomics. We've been talking about 
personalised medicine for a number of years. Uh, and we're now getting to the stage where we really can personalise treatments, whether it's um, against cancer or whether it's against um, other other diseases that are prevalent um, in, in society. And we have identified two or three that we're going to concentrate on initially. One is Helicobacter pylori, which is a, a bacteria that causes um, substantial problems in the gut. Uh, and for many years, we treated ulcers with products that never really worked. And on the on Barry Marshall in West Australia um, actually won a Nobel Prize for identifying Helicobacter pylori as as the root cause of so many uh, conditions in the gut. There are antibiotics that can treat this disease, but there's also a number of um, nutritional and lifestyle choices that you can make to, to, to cure Helicobacter pylori. We're also looking at a virus, human papillomavirus, HPV. Um, we'll announce more about um, what we're doing in that area shortly. And I guess two of the other major issues that um, we're looking at just more generally are, are around weight management. So our our aim is to get much more involved in the diagnosis um, of these diseases and then by um, looking at individual genetic makeup of people, we can uh, tailor treatment for them. So what is it that it, it, within this process, what is the commercial strategy here, Glenn? Um, how do you actually, uh, w- at what step in this process of diagnosis um, will you be involved in? Okay. Um, I guess I've got to be a little careful about what I... What you can say. <laughs> what I can say because we've um, we've got a lot of activities uh, going on at the moment around diagnosis, um, looking at uh, potential rapid tests, which have suddenly becoming become in front of mind for people looking at the uh, rapid antigen test for COVID. But the, the early diagnosis through rapid tests and the early treatment by personalising that treatment to each individual. So, so we're talking, well, Basically, we're talking uh, about the diagnosis and the treatment, and we're talking to um, diagnostic companies, and we're talking to the medical community. So we'll be involved at the very early stage, if you like. Uh, okay, at the at the very early stage. So, now you've talked a lot then about personalised care and how we will all have personalised care in the future. But how far in the future is that going to be, Glenn? It, it's here now. There are companies. Um, here in Australia and globally already offering genomic testing capability to determine if uh, a treatment for a specific cancer will work with you or not. So what's really exciting about it is, one, we're going to get better treatment and better outcomes for patients. But secondly, it's going to lower the cost of healthcare generally because if we're treating people with very expensive interventions and products and it's doing no good to them, then it's a burden on the economy as well. Mm. So, so, so that's when you're talking about the fact that this is also going to reduce costs in healthcare overall for the governments around the world. It it will indeed, yeah. Genomics is is very exciting from both of those perspectives: better outcomes for patients and less waste. Um, you know, personalising the treatment to a patient means that um, an expensive treatment 
or intervention that's not going to be effective, we, we just don't do it. It, it, is, it is early days, but there are, there are a number of companies, um, both here and globally, looking at it. We're, we're the first company that I can, can see, certainly in Australia, looking at it from a, um, uh, a nutrition uh, and nutraceutical perspective. So your point, you've talked a lot about your international growth aspirations, pushing, you're in Australia and New Zealand, of course, pushing into China and, and elsewhere in the world uh, eventually. Because you are in the healthcare space, obviously the level of regulation um, covering this space is, is intensive. How do you deal with the range of regulations that are around the world? Because every country is different. Yeah, you just have to deal with it, Ariel. Yep. yep. <laughs> Basically, you know, we deal with the TGA here um, and wherever we uh, enter a market where the products are required uh, to have a certification, we we just have to deal with it. I've I've been involved with dealing with most of the global um, regulatory authorities in the past. It's it's just something you have to live with in this sector. You have to understand it and accept it uh, and you just manage it. It's an expensive process, though, is it? Though, is it not? I mean, I know you mentioned early on that you've been involved in early stage VC. Um, you've got a lot of experience in general in in capital markets and in general um, investments. What sort of capital raising activities can we expect um, over the course of twenty twenty two? Or will you have government support for, for what you're doing, and therefore not need to go to your shareholders to raise money? We haven't um, been very active in looking for government support up until now, other than where we can take advantage of some of the um, the basic incentives, where our revenue is too much to take much advantage of the R&D tax incentive, for example, in terms of a rebate. We can use those. We, we can offset our, our business against uh, our R&D claims uh, as we're over $20 million worth of revenue. But we will, um, you know, we've actually... Um, we have about eight or nine million dollars in cash in the company, so we're we're in a good position uh, to start off the year. Where uh, you know we don't have any debt uh, and a good cash balance, but as we uh, look at some of these major uh, initiatives through twenty twenty two, we may well go to the capital markets. So, so what are your major initiatives that we can expect to see from EZZ this year? Uh, announcements of uh, further products. Mm-hmm. Uh, in both in both beauty products and um, supplements, expanded market reach into uh, both Australia and New Zealand and into Asia. There's one very exciting announcement we hope to make soon with a major distributor uh, that's both in China and some other some of the other Southeast and North Asian countries. And we will make announcements about uh, expanding. Um, our capability around uh, diagnostics and uh, manufacturing. So, Glenn, when you look at the countries around the world, you've talked about China and, and now your your contacts in other Asian countries. What about elsewhere in the world? What about North America or Europe? Uh, there's no no plans uh, now to um, to look at those areas, uh, mainly because we've got got a, a bit on our plate. You know, the business, as as you said. Earlier on, Ariel, uh, we increased our revenue at twenty nine percent and a sixty six percent increase in EBIT. So we've got um, we've got plenty of um, growth in the markets we're in now, and with the the potential growth in our pivot into the genomics. So we'll just manage that growth um, over time. But there's no 
plan right now, for example, in, in, into going into Europe or North America. Is, is that going to growth going to be purely organic, Glenn, or are you looking at M and A opportunities in the space as well? We would if there was an opportunity. <laughs> we're, we're, you always look at opportunities, Ariel. <laughs> 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 Always look at opportunities if they come up and they make business sense. Yeah, okay. So so when you're looking at um, the year ahead um, and you've talked about the fact that there are some big announcements that are going to be coming out from EZZ over the course of the next year, um, it's it's a fairly significant pivot, as we talked about earlier on, in, into genomics. You also mentioned that there's not any other company as far as you're aware that are taking a similar trajectory in Australia. Is there any other competition that you're watching closely elsewhere in the world that's taking a similar road? That's actually a good question. I haven't spent a lot of time looking globally from a competitive perspective, so I can't really answer that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly, as I mentioned, I'm on a a number of boards and others have um, global reach and um, I've been looking global competitive issues there. But with EZZ, we're really focused on the markets we're in at the moment uh, and doing the best or you know, running our business as profitably and as uh, as good as we can there. So I haven't spent a lot of time looking at other competitive companies outside of, um, of, our, mar- of our key markets. Mm. Okay. All right. Glenn, look, we are just about out of time, but I very, very much appreciate your the time that you spent with me today. Um, it's been a wonderful conversation and I very, very much look forward to seeing what EZZ comes up with over the course of the next six to 12 months. Thanks, Ariel. I've, I've, I've enjoyed the uh, discussion. I look forward to chatting with you again in, say, six months' time when we, when we uh, have made some of these major announcements and uh, on our growth trajectory. Very much look forward to it. Uh, And of course, a big thank you to all of you who joined us on this podcast today. You are listening to Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. I'll be back with you next week. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, was sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, Australia's leading corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Barclay Pierce Capital provides specialised corporate advisory and equities trading services to privately owned businesses, small to medium-sized public and ASX-listed companies.